following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another session here at the Kickpod Dojo. I'm your host slash sensei, TJ Williams, here to give you the insider of my martial arts journey. Also discussing and analyzing certain martial arts-based subjects and also highlighting martial arts past, present, and future. Okay, today, I got a little special guest for me um, today, um, another member from UFAF. Um, I'd like to introduce you to Grandmaster Ken Galker of UFAF, or I should say the president of UFAF organization. Right. How we doing, sir? Very good. I'm going to apologize to your listeners ahead of time. I'm at my house, so there might be a little bit of background noise going on, but uh, that'll be okay. I'm doing very good. It's good to see you. It was great to see you at the convention this year. Um, you know, you always bring a great deal of enthusiasm, and uh, we always love having you around. Yeah, awesome. All right, so you see what I do with listeners. I like to... Um, or for our guests, I like to bring them back in time and um, like tell like the our guests uh, the journey went they went through. So, how would you best describe yourself before martial arts got to your life? Well, you know, I, I was raised in Redondo Beach, California, and uh, I was actually starting out into a uh, Sansu Kung Fu system down there. Mm, okay. Uh, under Jimmy Wu, who is pretty well known in the Kung Fu world, he's now passed away. And uh, what was interesting was I was a uh, great system, great individual, but I was at a uh, high school uh, rally one time, and uh, it was in our gym, and uh, Chuck Norris came in and did a demonstration for all of us. Okay. And I was not only hooked on the martial arts, but I remember sitting in the audience that day after watching him do uh, just a phenomenal job. I remember at the very end of his demonstration, uh, you know, he, he, they, he had people standing around him. He broke five boards in, in just a flurry. Then uh, jumped over, I can't remember how many it was, four or five people. Broke four boards with a flying sidekick. And I said to myself, that day, someday I'm going to get a black belt from him. And then my uh, best friend, who's a member of UFAF, Mr. Doug Ingram, uh, he, was, he and I, uh, we both moved to Las Vegas and he had already been taking karate from Mr. Norris down at, at the Artesia School in Redondo Beach. And he said, hey, he said, there's a Chuck Norris studio here in Las Vegas. We've moved to Las Vegas. <clears throat> so we went down, met uh, Mr. Dick Douglas, who, whose number, if I remember correctly, was number nine. And uh, he was running a uh, karate studio, a martial arts studio for Mr. Norris in Las Vegas. And so we signed up with him that day, and that was uh, when I saw him do the the demonstration at Redondo High. That was 1967, if I remember correctly. Mm. Uh, and then when I started working out with him was 1973, and I've been with him ever since. Uh, awesome. And that's 
kind, kind of my journey. I, I, I fought for several years, you know, in tournaments, uh, not only in uh, point tournaments, but I did some full contact. And so, but, you know, along came uh, a family. I've got four kids and 16 grandkids and great grandkids. Uh. <laughs> and uh, as my family started coming along and, uh, you know, a career and things like that, I, I turned to teaching martial arts and instead of tournament fighting, which was, you know, pretty expensive and traveled along. And in those days, the most you could ever get was a trophy or several hundred dollars. Yeah. So I opened up a martial arts studio in 1977 uh, with my partner, uh, Mr. Ingram, mm. and uh, then eventually took over the studio by myself and uh, have, you know, I've been involved with uh, running studios. And of course, the last probably 15 years, uh, mainly, mainly being the president and running the United Fighting Arts Federation for Mr. Norris. Okay, let's talk about your first lesson. I mean, what was on your mind? I mean, I mean, you were like inspired by martial arts. So, did is it was it everything that you expected to be when you took your first lesson? You know, it, it was. What I'm going to do is just go right to my first lesson in the Chuck Norris system. Uh, even though I'd already been in a Kung Fu system prior to that. And the thing that I really loved, and I remember in the very first lesson, uh, Mr. Douglas had red belts in there teaching. Uh, and the thing that just impressed me was the crispness of the technique, the practicality of the techniques. And at my first class, they actually had a spark. And usually, nowadays, most you know, most studio owners will not do that right away. Yeah. Um, because I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I loved it. I wrestled all through high school. Uh, uh, you know, it was always kind of a scrapper. So, you know, getting into the sparring and the fighting and the kumite to me was just, to, to me, it was, it was, it just caught my attention. And I loved doing that. And uh, I've been dedicated and loved the system of Chuck Norris ever since. Awesome. All right. Let's go to you like your first black belt test. I know I, I was talking to like other people and they said like they gave me a different description of how their first black belt test. I mean, I can completely remember my first black belt test. Mm -hmm. I mean, here I am. I, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so here I am. Like, this was like, I before the test, I did a, like a football game. All right, so the one thing I worried about for the football game is if I didn't get hurt. So luckily I didn't. Yeah. So, of course, it was a homecoming game, so I had to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you, my, my black belt test, I, I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, it was February 5th, which happens to be my wife's birthday, mm. uh, 1977. And, you know, I remember going in the way everybody feels. I mean, I was nervous. I was scared. I was excited. Uh, you know, my adrenaline was running. And it's interesting. Uh, someone on, on this call will know who this person is. Some won't. But uh, Bob Barker was in the room of Price is Right. Oh, man. Uh, one or two of the Osmonds was there uh, because they were taking, uh, you know, martial arts from Mr. Norris. Mm. Uh, and and it, it was exciting. There was 24 of us that tested that day at the Tarzana studio. Mr. Norris was Tarzana studio. 24 of us tested and six of us passed it, passed that test. Okay. Uh, uh, we started, I'm trying to remember, we started probably at about 11 in the morning. And I know we finished up at about seven or eight o'clock that night. Whew. Yeah, that was like nine breaks. It was, it was a long, 
Oh yeah, it was, it was a long test. I, you know, I mean, tests are, are truly as difficult now as they, they ever were because we've added so many things to the testing. You know, with with the with the stand up combatives, the you know the the you know the the ground techniques. We still have forms. We've kept that traditional aspect, weapons, all those things that are involved in it. Uh, but you know, when 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 I made when I had my test, we had eleven forms. So you know, there was a lot of forms plus a lot of other things, of course, in there. Uh, and then at the end of the test, we actually still did board breaking back then in the black belt testings. And, uh, I remember my, you know, my last break was breaking four boards with a flying sidekick. <laughs> uh, it, you know, it was, it was a great day. Like I said, I remember it like it was yesterday. Um, and it, it was, it was really super in, incredible. Yeah. It's just, and just as a side note, uh, I got my black belt on February 5th, 1977, which was my wife's birthday. My daughter, my oldest daughter, who's some on this call might know, uh, Mrs. Cox, mm. uh, she runs a studio. She helps. She's on the board of directors of UFAP. She got her black belt also on February 5th. Oh, <laughs> man. That's probably like a real prominent date, really. Like an excellent date. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's the date we all remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I can pretty much remember my last test, my last fourth degree. I mean, me and Mr. Presley driving from like midnight to like seven o'clock from Niagara Falls all the way to Boston. I mean, really, we kind of missed two exits, but th that was a fun trip. Uh, but never, nevertheless, the test, I mean, that was like the moment of truth. I mean, I had to put everything that I had in that test. Yeah. You know, it, it, it truly is. I've had individuals that I've talked to that have come over from other systems um, one in particular, and I don't think he'll mind me telling his story, Mr. Cochran. Right. Uh, he was already an accomplished fighter down in Texas. He, uh, he already held multiple black belts in multiple styles. And I remember I asked him after his third degree test. He tested for first, tested for second, tested for third. And I remember asking him, I said, I said uh, Mr. Cochran, I said, as accomplished as you are as a martial artist, why did you decide to do this and go through all this, these tests with Mr. Norris? And he said, you know, he said, when I did a test under Mr. Norris in the Chuck Norris system, he said, I knew I really tested for my black belt. And he said, I walked away feeling I, like I really was a black belt. And that's the goal of our black belt test is to bring it to a point to where those that, that make that and are you know give up their blood, their sweat, their tears, uh, you know finances, everything that it takes to get there. That they basically can walk away with a few things. Number one, they walk away knowing that all things being equal, they know how to defend themselves. <clears throat> that's one of the things that's so innovative about Mr. Norris as he's moved into the modern world of self-defense. The other thing we walk them, want them to walk away knowing that they really accomplished something. In other words, it wasn't an easy test at all. Like you said, you drove all night to get there. I mean, you know, you when 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 you walked away with your black belt, you you knew something in your life had really been accomplished. And then the other thing we want them to feel good about themselves in in what they've done. In other words that we want them to have more confidence in themselves than ever before. 
those are some of the things, those are some of the goals as an organization that we have for those that go through this trek of, of the, of, you know, becoming a black belt under Mr. Norris and the Chuck Norris system. All right. And just um, speaking of the um, convention, I mean, okay, what was the date that it actually started? Uh, the convention as we know it today started in Torrance Beach, California in 1979. <clears throat> and we had one down there. Then the next one was in Las Vegas. Uh, at Now it doesn't exist anymore. It was at the Maximum Hotel. We held a few there. And then we went to, uh, from there, we went to the Sahara Hotel. Then we went to the Riviera. Then we went to the, to the uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, the, uh, Stardust, which no longer exists. Yeah, Vegas keeps reinventing itself. <laughs> and then when they closed down Stardust, we all went over to the South Point, uh, and we've been going there ever ever since. Yeah, so I was lucky in 2006 that to actually being the Stardust Hotel for the last time. I mean, that was let's just say I was one of the fortunate yeah, ones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I remember that first um year. Um, I, it was me and my mom going. I mean, I know I was supposed to be there, I think, Wednesday night. And, of course, we missed our – or, of course, our flight was canceled because it was raining crazy over here. And, of course, um, I came the next day. Luckily, I came in time for registration. I mean, but that was a good oh, first experience of the convention. Good. Yeah. And speaking of um, – Well, the I want you to know you've, you've been a wonderful addition to the United Fighting Arts Federation, and we appreciate you. Yeah, definitely. I say this year was definitely – Definitely something I was looking forward to. It was like the comeback before, like, since the pandemic dropped. Yeah. You know, it, it, it really was very special. Um, you know, Mr. Norris uh, and, and his lovely wife, Gina Norris, they really were looking forward to this convention, as was Mr. Eric Grandmaster Aaron Norris. They they wanted so badly to to have us reunite as an organization. And it, and it really was a reuniting. It was a... You know, it was a family reunion. It was incredible. Yeah, and speaking of the um, the master uh, master ring induction ceremony, that was one of the amazing things because seventeen people were inducted to master ring. Yes. Then, yeah. The most we've ever had, and of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Taylor, eighty three years old. <laughs> yeah, that and was she, that was performance of the, the the night. Yeah. She she put on a show, <laughs> and. Since that time, she's been on uh, several television shows. Uh, I think Good Morning America and, and others also. She she has re really impressed the world with what she's done. Yeah, so definitely looking at those performances, you know, that gives me an idea of what I want to do once my time comes. And I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I want to make sure I got everything that I'm, I need for that so I can go up there with confidence and really give people a show. Which I know I will. You, yeah, I know you will too. I look forward to seeing that. Yeah, and the one thing I was also glad about was being nominated for most inspirational. I mean, really. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel bad, but not winning. But you know, it was good to actually be nominated and really recognized. Well, you know, I, 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 you know, I never reveal who the committee is because you know we don't want the committee to be influenced or anything like that. But I will tell you, you are really in the hunt. I mean, number one, out of multiple thousands of black belts nominated, you you're in the you know you're in the top quadrant there, and 
Uh, you, you were in the hunt all the way through. You, you are a very inspirational person. We appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, you never give up hope, you know, due to a lot of the pandemic, you know. I was yeah, just thinking about being laid off for two months since the pandemic's dropping, you know, from there, coming up with this podcast and really trying to keep myself busy, you know, really trying to show that I wasn't a quitter. I mean, I didn't give up hope. That's right. That's right. So um, for this um, convention, like, uh, do you have a date for the next convention or not yet? As You know, the date is... Set. I, off the top of my head, I don't know it. Uh, uh, Mrs. Cox, who does so much putting all the convention together, uh, she's got. You could reach out to her, and she could give you that exact date. I do know it's in July. I just don't yeah. know the exact date. Yeah, because I remember I run that raffle. Yeah, that that's was right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, it's always great to fit in. I'm um, sitting in the front row, so I was lucky. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I probably everybody probably heard me was like I got the win number. It's like Eureka! (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's kind of get into your teaching. I mean, you said you taught, so like, what would your what would your class structure would be? Well, it kind of changed a little bit throughout the years. You know, I opened up my first studio uh, actually with Mr. Rink from when I was still a red belt. So, but my own studio in 1977, uh, after I got my black belt, uh, and you know, of course in those early years, it was, uh, you know, my classes, once they were in the advanced class, I mean, the beginner's class, of course, was always structured towards learning the basic defenses, the basic kicks, the terminology, you know, the basic defenses, all those things that go into that and some self-defense. Uh, as we as we moved more and more into the advanced classes, and my students started in the advanced classes, then you know, along with the rehearsal of those basics, then we started really getting into the to the forms. Like say back then, we they had to do eleven forms for their first degree black belt test. So you you know you spent time on that. We did a lot of fighting. Um, you know, the in in those days, uh, there, there was a lot more tournaments than what there are now, and Vegas had some pretty major ones. They had, uh, they had the Las Vegas, uh, nationals, the Las Vegas internationals. They had the four seasons that was put on by Mike stone, uh, which I took second place. It's in the four seasons. The, uh, you know, so there were a lot of tournaments. So we, we did a lot of tournament stuff. Uh, me and my students would, would golly at one point, it seems like we were going to tournaments, you know, a couple times a month, almost every week. Um, one of the things I always did too is as I, as my studios grew and advanced, as my studio did and my students did, I would bring in outside instructors. Um, you know, there again, some on this uh, call might know who uh, who Eddie Newman was. He took the internationals twice. Uh, I had him come in as a guest instructor. Uh, Quincy Mitchell, who is a you know world was a world renowned before he retired i'd bring him in to teach classes um you know just these were some of the caliber of the people we tried to get to come in uh so that you know mr norris has always you know i mean in his day he brought in you know fumio demora he brought in ed parker or he you know because martial arts 
and that's the reason he changed the name or developed the name to the United Fighting Arts Federation. He always wanted to have an art that was a living thing, that was growing and, and evolving as time went on. And so I kind of took that from him and did that same thing in my studio. And so, uh, you know, so, you know, we'd always warm up, you know, I mean, just to try to cut down on injuries and things like that. Uh, and then it would just kind of be wherever I felt the emphasis needed to be, whether, you know, if a tournament was coming up, we were doing a lot of fighting and testing's coming up. We're doing a lot of forms and one steps and, you know, basics and things like that. We just kind of, kind of try to gear it towards what was happening out there that needed attention but i always tried at least once a quarter to bring in a guest instructor to you know to increase everybody's knowledge and ability yeah that's kind of sound like what we do over in Presties. i know there was like like years ago we used to have like other um karate schools like do seminars with us like they share what their their abilities are and then we like vice versa so it's really fun to really meet other martial artists too and you know, you talk about tournaments. Yeah, like the one tournament I always used to go to is called Smack Internationals. It's like it's right in my wow. hometown, so it's right downtown. Yeah. So I meet all these great martial artists. I mean, I always like chat with them and you know be friends with them. And usually I fight them too, but that's just sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Hey, hey the people I fought a lot of times were my best friends. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know we 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 fought together and we I mean and we'd go to dinner together. I mean, we, yeah. you know, they, it was always a very special bond and a very special relationship. You know, I turned 70 years old this year oh. in uh, January. And so, uh, but I still teach. Uh, my daughter, Tara, runs the, she runs the full-time studio. Of course, my studio is kind of UFAF. I mean, all of UFAF is really, uh, I, you know, I kind of look at I still teach once a week. I still teach a class of black belts, young black belts. And we, you know, we do the same things. We'll, we'll fight, do basics, things like that. And I, I, I enjoy that. And of course now we're incorporating more of the Krav Maga, you know, doing the, you know, the, the combatives, the standup combatives, plus doing the, you know, the ground, uh, grappling, um, plus the traditional martial arts, plus the weapons. We're trying to incorporate all those things in a modern way. Yeah, kind of seems like everything is involving. It's like like years ago, we probably was like keeping up with the Joneses, and now we're keeping up with the Jetsons because we got technology. You know, people see what you can do online, which is pretty much a disadvantage. So usually when Mr. Percy tells me, yeah. be careful what you post online because you don't know who's watching. So yeah. they know your moves. Yeah. Exactly. You know, what's kind of interesting. One of the things that uh, Mrs. Cox does is she has uh, a camera uh, in her studio cameras. So every class is being videotaped. Mm. And so number one, it's a great, it, it's a great tool because you can go back and you can help people with their, you know, with their, uh, you know, with their techniques, things like that. But also it gives even parents have the opportunity to be able to go and, uh, see what's, even if they can't be there, they can see what's going on. And of course, technology has really given us a tremendous, opportunity to do those things yeah definitely i want to be able to um uh interview uh miss cox so definitely i don't know what, what her schedule is but you know i want to get her journey too so did you actually push her into cry or was it her influence to, since after watching you grow 
it was more her. You know, I, I, uh, I have four children, as I mentioned, and 16 grandchildren. And so with each one of my four kids, when they were young, probably at about the age of about eight years old or so, I would, I would encourage and ask them to come, come into the classes and start working out. Now, Tara was unusual. She started coming out to my classes when she was about three. <laughs> and, and all on her own. I, I, I never, ever had to ask her to come to class. Uh, and then, you know, she went into junior high and high school. She went into cheerleading and some of those things. And then she came to me, I think it was her either sophomore or junior year in high school. And she said, Dad, I, I, I not only want to do karate, I want to become a martial artist. And she set her goal then to become a competitor. And, uh, you know, she's not only done really well in competition with UFAF, the United Fighting Arts Federation. I think she has eight world champions, you know, under her belt. But she became a really good competitor in the open tournaments. And, mm. you, know, you know, won quite a few events in those. I remember she even competed in kata and weapons when she was eight months pregnant. Oh, and. She's just an amazing martial artist. Now, uh, then all of my children were martial artists. Two went on to become black belts, and that was Tara, Mrs. Cox, and the other one, Kenny, my oldest son. Uh, he went on to become a, a black belt, and now he's very close to getting his black belt also in jiu-jitsu. Okay. I, yeah, because really, I don't have no children yet, but no, I have my two nieces. I mean, one, my oldest niece yeah. used to take karate, and I was lucky enough before she quit to actually go and watch her. I mean, she right. pretty much, I could say she's probably equivalent to what I do. And you no, know, I'm proud of what she done. So I was hoping that she could make it to black belt. I mean, if she didn't quit, but yeah, I, I don't have any of my grandkids that have become black belts yet, but, um, three of my grandsons have been very active in tournament competition. Uh, like I said, they haven't got their black belt yet, but they've all competed pretty heavily at the, UFAF tournament. Um, my one of my older grandsons, uh, several years ago, actually uh, fought Grandmaster Norris's son Dakota in the in the finals, and uh, Dakota edged him. But it was it was a great fight, and I was standing next to Mr. Norris, and here his son and my grandson are fighting, and you know we were just smiling and having the best time in the world, just seeing them out there doing that. I mean it was. It was really a special moment in time. Hey. So, um, other than martial arts, um, do you... Fact, I, I, so, other than martial arts, oh, uh, what's your, what, what would you say your other talent would be? I mean, do you do anything, like, outside of UFAP that you were, like, that you are really pro uh, proficient in? Well, I, you know, I wrestled in high school, but that's a martial art also. Mm, yeah. Um, I surfed. For all my years growing up down there on the beach, I still surf at oh, 70 surf. years old. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I'm going to yes, I'm going to Pismo Beach in the central coast of California next week. My wife and I are, and uh, you know I'll be out doing some some surfing. Oh, um, yeah. you know I I I love to fish and hunt, and uh, I play golf. You know I, I don't know that I'm proficient at any of those things anymore, but I like to do all of those things. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try to stay pretty active and, uh, then I have a very robust career in insurance and financial services. 
Yeah, definitely. I would probably like to see you surf. Now, I guess they called you the big kahuna, probably. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, I'm 5'6". I don't know if I was the big kahuna, but uh, <laughs> I, I did okay. I, I uh, you know, there again, com- competed in my, uh, you know, my mid-teen years and did a pretty good job. Got got offered to be on some pretty impressive surf teams for back for back in the day of, in the 60s. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to um, close this. Um, is there any, like, last things you would like to tell the listeners out there? Yes, I, I would imagine that most of the listeners are martial artists. And whether you're part of the United Fighting Arts Federation and the Chuck Norris system or any other system, I want to encourage all of you to continue your journey in the martial arts. Uh, I, I would say it's in my life, uh, being a martial artist is probably been one of the tiebreakers in in my in my trail of happiness and success in life sometimes people come up to me that have known me for years and they'll say you know do you still do martial arts or do you still do karate and i always say you know i i do and i say but it's not that i do martial arts i am a martial artist that's who i am and so i would encourage everybody uh Use it to set goals. Continue to get better. Uh, you, you know, if, as you get older, you, you might not be faster. You might not, you know, you might not have all the strength when you get older as you did in your 20s and 30s and stuff. But you can always in your mind get better and improve and grow. Like we saw Mrs. Taylor at the convention this year at 83 years old and what she did. Um, Grandmaster Norris has always set a great example of, of being a lifelong, lifetime martial artist and getting better in life. And I would encourage everybody uh, that can hear me on this podcast or might listen to it later on to, to do this thing. And uh, God bless everybody. I just, you know, I, I love the martial artists. I think they, they make up the best people in the world, in our country. Yeah. So definitely I'm looking forward to come back and next year. I mean, luckily I don't have to pay for the convention. I just got to pay for flight. That's and, right. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay, so as, as a matter of fact, when you won that, it, it's my it's it's my company, the company I own, that we're the ones that put up that uh, <laughs> that uh, uh, part of the raffle. So congratulations. Yeah. And you know, we we look. I want to say this to your listeners: we look forward to seeing you. You know, you're a class act. You always bring a lot of enthusiasm. You're one of my favorite people to see at the convention every year. Yeah, it'll be me, my karate pops. I, I call Mr. Presley my karate pops. <laughs> He's kind of like a father to me, so really. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So we always have our adventures. <laughs> right. so thank- Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so thank you very much for joining me today. Hey, so. and does your mom- oh, it's, it's an honor. You take care, and we'll be talking to you soon. All right, so I'm going to do my little closing. All right, here you go. All right, so... For those who are just joining me in this podcast, uh, make sure you tune in to uh, my previous episodes on the BICBPradio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickpot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out.